Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. Let's go to Romans 12. We're looking at how the Lord God uh, has created his body to function together within his kingdom. And we saw the first two verses in the last episode. I want to read them again. Then we're going to read the next three verses or so. Uh, These first two verses deal with us individually and personally. Okay. The subsequent verses start showing us how we are functioning together as the body of Christ. So you'll see this. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So we looked at this in the last episode, and we saw that we have a role and responsibility, and Paul was urging the people. That idea carries uh, something with it. That they could reject that. They could rebuff it. They could decide not to. They could be brethren. They could be true believers, but not present their bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Sometimes we forget that. And so they have a choice. He says, do that. We likewise have a choice. And then he tells them, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world press you into its mode. Don't put on the masquerade mask. That's the the, the foundational Greek word gives us the idea of masquerading. Don't put on the mask of the world, but be transformed. Metamorpho, be transformed from one type of, of being into another by the renewing of your mind. Then verse 3 says this, for. So that word F-O-R is nearly like therefore. It's a little bit of a conclusion, right? He's saying because you've done this. Because you have presented your bodies, because you're not being conformed, because you're allowing God to transform us, because you're proving what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. And when you see Romans and you see particularly 1 Corinthians, but all through the Scripture, you see an age-old struggle that man has a tendency to want to think more of himself than he should, want to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Now, I'm not talking about a pseudo-piousness, which is so irritating, you just want to reach out in Christian love and slap somebody. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about that at all. What I'm talking about is walking in humility before one another, exalting one another, honoring one another is better than yourself. And a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I don't really feel that way. I understand. I understand, but the Lord has called us to do that, and we start doing that as a pattern and practice of behavior. We'll be amazed at what happens. <coughs> Excuse me. So he's saying here, and he's saying by the grace given to me, he's acknowledging that it's God's grace that's given this truth that he's writing down. And he says, so by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not just this person, the leader, or that person, everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. 
Now, this is where things really start getting interested in understanding how the body functions together and what the Lord has done in his wisdom, okay? Because it says here, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sound judgment. So you're not going to come back and say, well, you know, I just can't do that as well as somebody else. Well, you really can do it better than anybody else. No, that's just, you're just putting on a fake kind of thing. No, but he's saying have sound judgment. And then this profound truth, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith, a measure of faith. And we're going to see this with the various things that the Lord has released within his body as giftedness and empowerments for the work of the kingdom. We're going to see that there are things that we have, but then there's a spiritual power to do it. And this is one of them right here. God has allotted to each a measure of faith. We cannot be saved without faith. Correct? I think you'd agree with me on that. We cannot be saved without faith. But we cannot create faith in and of itself through a, a fleshly experience. Faith literally comes from the Most High God. And we choose whether to receive it and move within it and appropriate it. And we see right here in this verse that God has allotted to each a measure of faith. There are different measures of faith within each portion of the body of Christ. You'll have the faith to be saved. All have to have faith like that. But then we're going to see later on that one of the spiritual gifts is faith. Okay? So it's, there's a spiritual empowerment, an empowerment by God through His Holy Spirit for faith that, can I say it this way, goes beyond the faith, okay, that you might have in just salvation. He says each one has a measure of faith. That means that some may have more faith than another. Okay? But it also means that something else is going on here. We all have faith. Well, watch what he says in verse 4. For, there that word is again, just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, verse 5, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So here's the foundational picture that the Lord uses throughout the Scripture in relationship to talking about spiritual gifts, and it is the body, the physical body. Every human being who's alive has a physical body in some form or fashion. Okay? Right? We'd all agree that. Everybody has a body. Some are better than other ones in, in our mindset, but we have a body. He says this, For just as we... Uh, have many members in our one body. Our body consists of many, many things, whether it be fingers and toes and eyes and nose and ears and just et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's many, many parts, but those many members of the one body function together. But the members do not have the same function. Listen to verse 4 again. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so each one does not have the same function. The little toe does not do what the heart does. And the heart doesn't do what the little toe does. And so the Spirit through Paul is setting up an argument right here to where we can understand how this body of Christ functions together. Verse 5, he says, So we, in other words, a little conclusion right here, so in like manner, we who are many, the, the diverse body of Christ, the many, many believers, we are one body. We're one body in Christ, 
and individually members one of another. So this is a, a, a foundational thing that we must understand. The body of Christ is one body. Whether we worship over here on a Sunday or over here on a Saturday night, here and there, whatever it may be. So the organism of the body of Christ, this is where I get, to that, get that distinction of the organism versus the organization. Here he's using an example and a picture of an organism, of a body, and that's what we are. The struggles we have quite often is with the organizational body of Christ, which is man's uh, attempt at uh, organizing things. What he's saying is the body of Christ is one. Even though we're many individual members, we are one body. And more than that, last part of verse 5 again, and individually members one of another. Think about that. Individually, we're members one of another. So each one of us is a member of the other one. And you really get this idea of what we uh, of a web, and that's where we get the idea of the web. The internet was called a web, and the reason is that with the spider's web, you have multiple ways to go from one point to another. There's multiple points of contact. The same thing happens here. Each member within the body of Christ is a member of one another. Tell you what, my time is up. <laughs> Think about this. Reflect on this. Take it before the Lord. Go back and read the first five verses of Romans 12 and see what the Lord speaks to you. I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you later.